0: Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Turn with me in your Bible to the fifth chapter of 1 John. 1 John chapter 5. Glory to God. I want to read the, one of the passages that I read last week as sort of a foundational scripture. And this is in verse number four. 1 John 5 4 says, Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. This is the victory that overcomes the world. Now, I wonder if I asked for a show of hands, how many people today would say, I want to be a world overcomer? Can I get anybody to, to, to acknowledge How many of you want to overcome? Now, of course, you understand when it says overcoming the world, it's not talking about just the, the political scene. It's talking about the world system. Everything that is of this world that is under the dominion of darkness, he said that those who are born of God would overcome. Oh, glory to God. In fact, I saw this just before I came out here this morning. This is the victory. That word victory means conquest. This is the conquest that has overcome the world. And that word overcome is the word conquer. This is the conquest that has overcome the world. What is it? Even our faith. If you're gonna be an overcomer, it's gonna require faith. And we will overcome to the degree of our faith. Weak faith, little faith, little overcoming. Great faith, strong faith, great overcoming. Oh, glory, hallelujah. This is the victory that has overcome the world. You see, it it speaks of it in past tense because the work has already been done. It's just a matter of you and me putting our faith to it. That's what activates what God has already done. He's done it, but our faith is what lays hold of it. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith, amen? Praise the Lord. And then go with me over to Ephesians chapter. 6, Ephesians chapter 6, praise the Lord, hallelujah, Ephesians chapter 6, and we won't take the time to read all of this passage that we read last week, but we will read verse number 16, it says, above all Taking the shield of faith. Taking the shield of faith above all, with the, with the shield of faith you will be able to quench or to or to extinguish all the fiery darts of the wicked. Everything the enemy throws to you at you, everything he brings up to try to defeat you, every one of his schemes, every one of his plans, every one of his assaults, he said you can snuff it out with the shield of faith. Well, then it would pay for us to be strong in faith. It would be foolish to take a casual relationship or or attitude, I should say. It would be foolish for us to take a casual attitude attitude toward faith. To sit back and say, well, you know, I've heard faith and I know all there is to know about faith. (laughs) Well, that just shows you don't know all there is to know about faith. No, our faith should be growing every day. Paul commended the, the, the Philippians. He said, your faith grows exceedingly. Oh, glory. Well, our faith should be growing exceedingly. And it can be. And in the day and hour in which we live, it's critical that our faith is ever increasing, ever growing. I said it's critical in the hour and the day in which we live that our faith always be growing. Amen. And thank God it can. Hallelujah. Now turn with me, if you would, to Hebrews chapter 11. And we're going to pick up on the verse of Scripture that we were primarily focusing on last week and then go a little further Hebrews chapter 11 it says now faith this is verse number one now faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen now we're not going to go into everything we talked about last week if you were not here last week Uh, You can go online and you can get the recording. You can download it or you can listen to it, uh, you know, right there on your browser. It would help you to do that because we went into more detail on this verse. But today I want to start by focusing on those words, things not seen. He said, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Now, we pointed out last week that when it talks about things not seen, it's not just narrowly talking about things that you don't have visual awareness of. Because like we said, there are a lot of things that that you can't see, but you still know they're there. We, We use the illustration, you can't see the wind, but when you walk outside, you can feel it. Now, you can see the effects of it, but even if you don't see the effects of it, you can walk out on a windy day, particularly when it's cold and the wind's blowing, you go out and you feel that chill, that wind. Isn't that right? You feel it. But, you know, there are things that, that you can't see and you can't feel, but you can hear. There are things that you can see and hear and feel, but there's other senses. What are the other senses? Taste and 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 smell, isn't that right? Feel would be touch. So there are five senses, and these five senses are are the the gates to our consciousness. If a if, you know if a person is is uh, deaf, now we see sometimes people who are partially deaf, and it's a, and it's a great handicap. My, my wife's mother, our mother-in-law, she has a hearing problem and a lot of times she's on the telephone and my wife will be talking to her and she'll know that her mom did not hear what she said and her mom will give sort of a vague kind of, she's trying to cover, you know, and, and to pretend like, you know, she heard and so she'll give a vague little answer to something and my wife said, you didn't hear what I said, did you? Well, no. <laughs> but it, it's frustrating, it's difficult. But if you find somebody who is completely deaf, they have no hearing whatsoever. They have to learn to talk using sign language. Isn't that right? And and that's a huge handicap in life. But if you had somebody who was deaf and blind, that doesn't happen very often. Someone who is deaf and completely blind, what what a handicap. And if, if, if you had no access to any of the five senses, your consciousness would be locked on the inside and you would have no way of being conscious of the world around you at all. You wouldn't know how to think. You wouldn't know how to relate. It'd be a horrible. That's a horrible thing. So when he says faith... Is, is the evidence of things not seen. He's really talking about things that do not appear to the senses, things that, are, that, that you can't reach by your senses. Faith is the evidence of things not perceived or not revealed to the senses. Now, with the words things not seen, Tells us right away that these are things you don't have in the natural. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. If you hope for something, you you don't have it yet. I don't I, I'd be foolish to stand in front of you and say, you know, I, I'm I'm just, just hoping and praying for a, a black Bible. You know, I'd love to preach out of a black Bible. I have a brown Bible and a maroon Bible, and I even have a green Bible, but I'd love to have a black Bible. Y'all just pray with me and agree that I'll, you know, you, you would say, Pastor, look, look in your hands. You have a black Bible. So I'm not, you don't hope for something you have. And things that are something that's not seen, that means if it's not perceived to the to the senses, it means there's something that you don't presently have. Isn't that right? Amen. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. We talked last week about the fact that if you, if you bought a, an automobile from someone, if you take the the title they sign the title over to you. You can take the title down to city hall and you can get a tag and a registration issued to your car. And they will register your car and they'll they'll register a, a tag and a license in your name and they've never seen the car. They don't have to see the car. All they need to see is the title. Well well I think the Amplified Bible, let me read this out of the Amplified translation. It says, now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of the things we hope for being the proof of things we do not see. That's what faith is. Now, if you have the title, you have a confirmation that you own the car. And until, until that owner, the previous owner signs that title over to you, it's not really yours. But once that title has been signed over and it's been notarized, it is your and yours and you have confidence. Now, you don't have to be looking at the car right then. You go down to the, to the, to the uh, tag agency, like I said, and you get a tag and a license issued to your car and you have all the confirmation in the world that that car is yours. Now, where automobiles are concerned, you aren't likely to buy an automobile and give cash to someone for a title if you haven't ridden in the car. I mean, you it's all about driving the car. I'm not, buy, I'm not giving somebody $35,000 for a used title. <laughs> that title is, is proof or evidence of something else that exists and even though i'm not looking at the car right now i have the title and so the title is the confirmation that it's mine it gives me assurance it tells me it's mine i know it's mine because it's I, the the other, the other owner signed his name on it and sealed it and he and he sold it to me it's mine but i can't drive that title I want to I get in the car, the automobile, or the truck. I want to drive that thing. Isn't that right? Well, the things that you don't have when you pray, faith is, a, is the substance of things hoped for, the things you hope to have and the evidence of things not seen. Faith is a temporary commodity. Faith is a temporary commodity that you use while you don't have physical evidence of the thing, your faith is the evidence. But you want the thing to come into manifestation. If you're, if you're asking God for, uh, to help you with a financial need, you have an obligation that's in front of you. You go to the Lord and you say, Lord, I don't know where the money's coming from. I, I, I'm a tither, I'm a giver. I'm asking you, Father, to meet this financial need your faith becomes the confidence that the thing you hope for is yours even though you can't see it. It's the evidence, it's the proof. I like Lovett's translation. It says, what is faith, you ask? Well, it is an inner assurance that the things we hope for actually do exist. And the conviction that they are already ours even though we cannot see them. So how do we get the things not seen into the, into the seen realm? How do we do that? Because that is the aim, that is the goal. I'm not praying about my healing just to go through a, a spiritual exercise. I'm wanting to get the pain off my body. I'm wanting to get my, my body well, isn't that right? Right? Well, how does that come to pass? Faith is the evidence of things not seen, but but and so we use our faith to bring it from the unseen realm into the seen realm. That's the objective. Amen. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. It's easy. Go with me to uh, go with me to Mark eleven, Mark chapter eleven, Mark chapter eleven. Now, notice in Mark chapter 11. Don't don't put that up just yet, Jack. Notice in Mark chapter 11, verse 24, that Jesus said, therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Notice you're asking for something. And Jesus said, you will have it. Well, both of those statements indicate that you don't have physical possession of it because you're asking for it. Whatever things you ask for when you pray, that means you don't have it. And Jesus said you will have it means you don't have it. Isn't that right? Before you pray, you're hoping. You're hoping to have something. You're hoping for that financial need. You hope to be healed. You hope to to have a, a, any particular prayer answered. You have a hope for it, but the but the problem with most Christians is they stop at the hoping stage, and even though they pray, they continue hoping instead of believing. People will say, "Well, I just I just hope God heard my prayer." Well, that. That won't get you anywhere. Yes, he heard your prayer, but he can't answer that prayer. God can't answer that prayer. I hope God heard my prayer. He heard it, but he can't answer it. I hope God will heal me. Well, the truth is, he can't. I said he can't. On on those terms, he cannot heal you because you're in hope. Remember, Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Lovett's translation says, faith means, it's, faith is an inner assurance that the things we hope for actually do exist and the conviction that they are already ours, even though we cannot see them. See, faith says, I have it. It belongs to me. People will say, Well, I, I, I hope God, I, I, I'm just a, people say, Well, I'm, you know, I'm just a hoping and a praying. I'm just a hoping, you ever heard that expression? I'm just a hoping and a praying, just a hoping and a praying. Well, as long as you're just a hoping and a praying, you won't get anything. Neither of those will do you any good together. Now, faith is, um, hope is good by itself, it's just not good in prayer. Hope is good by itself because hope is what, is what sets your goals. Hope is a, is a good goal setter, but it won't achieve anything. So hope has its place. Hope is, is where your desire starts. But hope won't work in prayer. Sometimes people will say this I've heard this before people will say something like now this sounds to them not to the trained ear it doesn't sound like anything but to them they it, they they feel like that this is this is faith because they'll say I just believe God's going to I just believe God's going to heal me I just believe it brother pastor I just believe God's going to heal me see that sounds real positive you know like they re- that's still hope because it's in the future See, God's going to. Sometimes even people will be a little stronger. They'll just, I just, brother, I just know God's going to meet this need. I just know God's going to meet this need. I know God's going to give me the money. I just know he's going to do it. Well, I'm here to tell you he is not. He is not going to meet that need. He's not, no. Not on those terms. Because you see, if if it's in the future, if it's put off in the future, if God's going to do something in the future, then that's hope. Faith says, I have it now. It's the conviction, he said, that the things we hope for actually do exist and and that they are already ours now. That's what Jesus taught here in in the 11th chapter of Mark. Go ahead and put that slide up that I asked you to put up. I want you to notice that there are four components. And I just put this up not because I'm trying to be artsy or, you know, know, have have graphics or anything. I just wanted you to see the breakdown of this verse. There are four parts to this verse. Part number one and part number four I've already talked, talked about. Whatever things you ask, that means you don't have it yet and you will have them, that means you don't have them now. Isn't that right? But you see, the meat is in the middle. The meat's in the middle. Even though you don't have it when you ask, and and you will have it, when you pray, when you pray, that's when you believe that you receive it. See, you believe you receive it When you don't have it. Say that again. You believe you receive it when you don't have it. And if you believe you receive it when you don't have it, Jesus said you will have it. The having comes after the believing you receive it. See, too many people, they want to believe. They're not going to believe, in fact. They're not going to believe they have it until they can see it. They're not going to believe they receive it until they actually have it. But like somebody said many years ago and it, and, it, and, it's, and it can't be improved on, you wouldn't need to believe you receive it if you already had it because if you already had it, you'd already have it. Faith is the evidence of things not seen. Not seen. So when you pray and you don't have any evidence of it and it's not seen, it's not felt, it's not heard, it's not tasted, you can't smell it. When there's no evidence in the natural realm, when it doesn't exist in the natural realm, you go ahead and believe you receive it then and Jesus said if you do that, it'll bring it out of the unseen realm into the seen realm. Jesus said that would do that. He said. He said, "This is how it works," and he said, "It'll work for you. It will work for anybody." Because he said, "Whoever." See, it'll work for anybody. Go with me over to John chapter twenty. John chapter twenty. While you're turning over there to John twenty, let me uh, let me talk again, like I did last week, about the modern day father of our faith, Kenneth Hagin. God raised up Kenneth E. Hagin. Uh, over 100 years ago. And as he grew from a baby into a, into a young man, he was paralyzed. He had all kinds of, of, uh, of uh, physical ailments. He had an incurable heart disease, an incurable blood disease. In fact, all of the organs in his chest cavity were all backwards, the doctor said. Nothing was working right. He said he could drink a glass of water Instead of it going down his, his uh, esophagus into his stomach normal as normal, he said he could feel it just sort of dissipating in his chest. And he was completely paralyzed. He had, he had, he had not always been paralyzed, but by the time he was 16 years old, he had become completely paralyzed. And, and from his waist down, he could move his hands and his, and his arms, his upper body and, and so forth, but from his waist down, he was completely paralyzed, so he was bedridden. And so he kept reading Mark eleven twenty three and twenty four, particularly verse twenty four. Whatever things you desire, he said, Lord, I desire a whole body. I desire to be well, a healthy body. When you pray, he said, Lord, I've prayed. Believe you receive them. He said, Lord, I believe I've received, and you will have it. And he said he would get so uh, he would meditate on that verse, and he would pray. According to that verse, and he would say, "I believe I receive it." He's and he said he would just feel somehow on the inside of him. He just had a a sense, a feeling that that God had heard his prayer and that he was healed. And then uh, in a few minutes, you know, he would start feeling of his body, and he still had no feeling in his legs. And he would and he would get downcast, and he would he would become discouraged. He says, God, Father God, I, th- I thought you had healed me. You said if I did this, you'd heal me. But, you know, you didn't. So one day, after, after months of this, one day in desperation, he said, now, Lord Jesus, he said, if, if you appeared to me in my bedroom and stood in, in the flesh right beside my bed, and you said, now, son, the problem with you is you don't believe. He said, now, dear Lord Jesus, he was praying to the Lord. He said, I said this in kindness, but I I, I meant it. He said, dear Lord Jesus, I would have to say, Lord, you're lying. I do believe. I do believe with tears. And he said that the Spirit of God spoke to him and said, that's right. You do believe as far as you know. Now, let me stop right there. He said, you believe as far as you know. If, church, if you're believing and it's not happening, if, if, if you're not getting what you've asked for, maybe you need to know more. And, and it's not necessarily head knowledge. Most of the time, it's revelation knowledge. It's not alive on the inside of you. And see, that's where he was missing it. The Lord said, you're believing all right, As far as you know, he didn't know enough and so his believing was inadequate. Jesus said you believe all right, but see the belief that he had was was sense-based, sight-feeling-based. He was believing, but he was believing according to his senses, which really isn't faith. It's believing, but it's not biblical. It's, be, it's believing, all right, but it's not, it's not biblical believing. It's believing according to the senses, what the senses tell you. And Jesus said, You believe, all right, as far as you know. And then he gave him revelation. He, and, and all God said to him by the Spirit was, But the rest of that verse goes with it, and you shall have it. That's all he said but when, he, when the Spirit of God said that to his heart, he said the light came on. He said it was like somebody just flipped a switch on the inside of him, and suddenly he saw it. He said, oh, I see it. That means I have to believe I receive it even though my body doesn't respond. Right now, while my, while my, uh, my body is paralyzed, while my heart's not beating right, while I, while I don't feel good, he said, I have to believe I have it now. And so he said, he just, he said, oh, I thank you, Father. He said, I believe I receive my healing by faith right now. And he said he had never been to a church where anybody had ever raised their hands. He had gone to a Methodist church and nobody raised their hands. He said, I'd never seen anybody do it before. But laying in my bed, he said, just unconsciously I was led. And thank God we are unconsciously led sometimes. And he just lifted his hands and began to laying in bed and began to thank God. Oh, I thank you, Lord. I thank you that I'm healed. I thank you, Lord, that you've healed me. Oh, glory to God. I thank you for it. I thank. And he wasn't considering his body at all. He was just considering the Word of God. He said, oh. he said he did that for maybe about ten minutes. And then the Spirit of God said to him, "Well, you believe you're healed now." He said. Healed people don't have any business being in bed at 10 o'clock in the morning. And he said, that's right. I don't have any business. If I'm healed, what am I doing in bed? And, but his legs, he still didn't have any feeling in his legs. But you see, he had his faith working now because he knew he had it irrespective of his body regardless of his what his body told he believed it was his then and the lord said you believe you're healed what are you doing in bed let me let me just say this when you're when you're believing god for something expect god to show you what to do there is always an act of faith that's required there There is always an act of faith required. God always, your faith always requires action. Because until you act, the Bible says faith without corresponding actions is dead. It's it's real faith, all right, but it's dead in the sense that it doesn't produce. It won't produce your answer until you act on what you believe. But he didn't know, he didn't know that. He didn't know he was supposed to do anything. He was just just thrilled with the fact that I've prayed. Right now, while I don't have it, I believe it's mine, I believe it's mine. He was just thrilled, why? Because he had that evidence. See, he had that title deed in his hand. He knew that car was his. He really wasn't concerned about driving it right then because he knew it was his. He was so thrilled to have that title deed in his hand. He knew it was his. But eventually, you gotta drive that car. expect the Spirit of God to give you direction on what to do next. And so while he was laying there, he, I don't know that he was expecting any further direction because he, he had never, he'd never learned this before. Nobody taught him. There were no books. They, there were some books, but he wasn't aware of them. He said while he was laying there praising God, the Lord said, well, you believe you're healed now. Healed people ought to be up at 10 o'clock in the morning. And he see, that was direction. So he said he, 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 he couldn't, he couldn't you know, move his legs off the bed, so he twisted around and he picked up his legs one at a time and kind of shoved them off the bed. He said the only reason he couldn't feel his feet hit, hit the floor, the only reason he knew his feet were on the floor is he could see them. And he kind of twisted around, and, and he's just no life, no feeling from his waist down. And so he said he, he grabbed hold of the bedpost and sort of slid off the bed and when he did, he just sagged at the knees because he, no, he had no life in his, in his knees. They weren't working. And he just kind of held onto that bedpost just sort of sagging like that for a few minutes, just, just a few moments, not very long. And he said, and he was thanking God the whole time. And while he was hanging on that bedpost, he said suddenly, he said the power of God came on him. He said it felt like somebody had poured honey on his head, like he just opened a big jar of warm honey he said, it just—it was like a sensation, a warm sensation—went down uh, over his head and his shoulders and through his body. And he said, everywhere it went through his body, he could feel that he was well. He could feel his heart start beating right, and all of the uh, of the other conditions in his body were leaving. And as it got down in his legs, he said he felt he felt. The the feeling come into his legs and his and his and down his legs and into his feet. He said it it felt like as those nerves were being re energized. You know how you wake up when you've when you've slept in the middle of the night and you turn over and you can't feel your arm. You know, and then when you get it in the right place, you know how it just hurts for a few minutes. All those nerves are coming back. You know, uh, online and they feel like you you're being stuck with a million pins. He said it would have been it would have felt terrible if it hadn't felt so good. Yeah. Because he hadn't felt anything, you know, in so long. And and, and he said, and fu- suddenly he said the pain just left and he was just normal. He just stood up. The point was he had to believe he received it before he had it or he'd have never had it. Praise the Lord. Go. Have you found John chapter 20? Now... What is John's nickname? Excuse me, not John, Thomas. We're looking at Thomas. John chapter, John chapter 20, verse 24. Thomas. Anybody know who Thomas is? Doubting Thomas. Listen, don't, don't get a nickname like that. <laughs> don't live in such a way that people, well, oh, doubting Zach. You know, that's, that's not the way you want to be known. Doubting Thomas. Now, Thomas, called the twin, one of the 12, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said to him, we have seen the Lord. Notice what he said. So he said to them, unless I see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. What an arrogant statement. What a bold and courageous statement of unbelief. I mean, this is, this is the, the creme de la creme statement of, of unbelief. Unless I see it and feel it, I'm not going to believe it. And so the, the whole world knows him for time immortal as Doubting Thomas. And yet we have doubting Thomases all through the body of Christ and they're proud of it. Well, I'm not preacher. I'm not going to say I'm healed if I I can't feel it. I've come up in the prayer line and you laid hands on me and I didn't feel anything. Well, I'm not going to say I'm healed, doubting whatever your name is. That's what he said. He said if I can't see it and feel it, I'm not going to believe it. After eight days his disciples were again inside and doubting Thomas was with them. Jesus came the doors being shut and stood in and stood in the midst and said peace to you. And he said to doubting Thomas, "Hey buddy." <laughs> Notice who, who he talked to first. It's not always good to be the first one Jesus talks to. <laughs> He said, reach your finger here. Look at my hands. Reach your hand here and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. Do not be faithless, but believing. Thomas answered and said, my Lord and my God. Jesus said, Thomas, you only believe me because you see me. He said, you only believe me because you see me. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. He said, Thomas, there's no blessing on believing something you can see. It's no blessing. There's no blessing of faith if you wait until you see something. That's not where the blessing is. The blessing is on believing when you haven't seen. That's what God says is blessed. That's what gets God's approval. That's what God's looking for. He's looking for people who will believe what he says in spite of everything it looks like and just believe it because he said it. Oh, glory to God. Now, Thomas... Thomas will be forever known as doubting Thomas. But what about Abraham? Huh? Abraham. What what was Abraham's uh, moniker? Go over to Galatians three. Galatians chapter three. Galatians three. And let's look at verse nine. So then those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. (laughs) There's doubting Thomas and there's believing Abraham. Amen. That's, That's the tag you want. You want, see, the spirit of God through Paul called Abraham believing Abraham. That's what. That's the title you and I should have. We should have the title that we are believers. Can God say about you, that's believing George. That's believing Earl. That's believing Susan. Can, can God say that about you? Or does he have to say, stop being unbelieving Doubting, Frank, <laughs> and start believing. That's what he's trying to get us to do today. Stop doubting and start believing. What is it that you need from God? What is it that you that you desire? What is it that you're hoping for? What is it that you that you know that you know from the Word of God belongs to you? But there's no evidence of it in your life and you're not enjoying that blessing. You know, we have so much that belongs to us. God has given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. What is the the area in your life that you're not enjoying the, the blessing of God in? Start believing what he said. Start and then trust God to show you how to act. If you go through the Bible, God was constantly telling people. He was constantly giving them direction. The crippled man at Lystra, by the Spirit of God, Paul said, Stand upright on your feet. The man who had palsy, who was let down through the roof, Jesus said, Arise, take up your bed and go to your house. The man with the withered hand, Jesus said, Stretch out your hand. The ten lepers, Jesus said, Go, show yourself to the priest. The woman with the issue of blood. Now, it doesn't tell us that God said, but somebody told her. She kept saying, If I can only touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. And it didn't say she said it once. She said she kept saying that. No doubt unconsciously led by the Spirit of God. She kept saying it. Many times, saying it is the primary act. It's the primary, most fundamental act of faith is saying what you believe. Put what you believe in your mouth and start declaring it. Glory to God. Because verse 23 of Mark chapter 11 says, he will have if he believes those things he says will come to pass, he will have, that's future, he will have whatever he says. Oh, glory to God. That's how you get the car. That's how you, that's how you get whatever it is you have a title deed for. You get the, Your faith is the title deed for it, and so you start speaking and start acting on what you have in your heart. He said, Jesus said, and you will have them. And you will have them. You will have them. This will work for everybody in this room if you'll do it. Now, if you're going to do it a week and stop, well, don't even start. Might as well not even start. A lot of people make this mistake. They go to God in prayer and they they find the scriptures that cover what they need and they ask the Lord for it and they do exactly what the Scripture says they believe they've received it in their heart. And they act accordingly for a few days, and then they forget about it. They don't pray about it anymore, don't build themselves up anymore, don't read the Scriptures anymore, just sort of, just sort of forget it. Listen, if, you're, if you don't want something bad enough to stay with it, don't even start with it. I said, if you don't want something bad enough, if it's not a a big enough need in your life, if it's so so insignificant that you're going to pray one time and forget it, you'll never possess. Because the enemy will try to try your faith. He'll resist you. He'll try to put uh, doubts in your mind. He'll try to hold uh, things from coming to pass. If you're going to give up in a few days, you'll never have anything, never amount to anything spiritually. Whatever, you're, whatever it is you're believing God for, write that. I mean, you don't have to write it down, but, but, but make it a point in your life that I'm gonna have this. I'm gonna have it every day. I'm gonna thank God for it every day, multiple times a day. I'm gonna make whatever, I'm gonna do whatever I have to do to remind myself that I'm gonna give God glory. I'm gonna act. I'm not turning loose of this. I'm not gonna forget about it. I'm not gonna let it drift. I'm gonna stay on this and I'm gonna stay on this and I'm gonna stay on this and keep thanking God for it, keep acting. You will have it. And that's the very reason why people a lot of times don't receive is they stop in the middle. Amen. And the devil remembers. And he remembers that, that you have a tendency to do that. And so he will hold off a little bit longer because he's, cash, he's counting on the fact that you're going to throw in the dowel because many people have before. Maybe you have. Well, it's time to to break that habit. It's time to break that habit once and for all. It's time to say I'm going to be. I'm going to get serious about this one thing. This one thing I'm going to get serious about, it, and I'm going to have this. And so you put your faith in that, and you start believing God for it, and then start listening. Start listening. That's why. I'm, that's what uh, uh, Lillian. B. Yeoman said, that's, that's the point she was making. She said, if I ever pray about anything and I don't get an answer, she said, I'd start changing how I'm praying. What she meant was is if, if, if it doesn't move, now there's a, there, God, the devil will try you for a period of time. You understand that. But if, if a long period of time goes on and, and something's not moving, you need to go, go to the Lord and say, okay, what do I need to do? Am I not praying right? Am I not believing right? Am I not acting right? He will guide you. He will tell you. But God doesn't talk to impatient people. and He doesn't talk to insincere people. He doesn't. A casual request, a lot of times he he won't even answer you. God knows who means business and who doesn't. And if you really don't mean business, you won't get much. God, God responds to people who seek Him with their whole heart. Amen. With everything with it, see, well, it's just a small need. Well, do you do you are you gonna believe God for it or not? It may not be a big thing, but if 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 that's what you're asking God for, seek God about it with your whole heart. Go in all the way on it. Like I said, make make do whatever you have to do to arrange your time to make sure you're giving attention to this thing that you've asked God for. If you'll, if you'll stay diligent, you'll get the direction. God will give you direction. He, he always gives it. Every time I've been diligent, God's given direction. And every time I've not been diligent, he didn't give direction. Funny how that works. Not really. Well, praise the Lord. God wants us to have it all. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, let's stand up. Yes, he does. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God doesn't talk to insincere people. I'm going to say that again. I don't think I've ever said that before. God doesn't talk to insincere people unless he's going to rebuke you. (laughs) that's not what you want to hear. God doesn't enlighten people who aren't serious. Remember what Jesus said to him who has not? Even what he seems to have will be taken away from him. See, if if you've got a little bit of light and you don't go back to the word and continue to seek the word and continue to feed on the word, you'll lose what little you have. So, but he who has, he who keeps coming back, he said he will have abundance. More will be given, and he will have an abundance. Abundance of revelation. I tell you, church, there is an abundance of revelation for you. In your hour of need, in your time of need, there is a floodgate of revelation. God will talk to you. He will reveal himself to you. It might be nothing but just some little something that you need that nobody else would think that's important. If it's important to you, God cares. He's cared, he cares about the little things and he will talk to you. He will reveal himself to you, but he requires you to be earnest about it. So the areas where you've missed it in the past, when I say missed it, in other words, you've prayed and you've prayed and you, and you believed for a few hours or a few weeks maybe and then you turned it loose, go back and pick those things up. If it's according to the Bible, go back and pick it up. But count the cost before you do that. Count the cost before you do it. If you're going to do like you've always done in the past, might, might as well just forget it. But if you say, no, this time I'm going to lay hold of this like the old saying says, I'm gonna lay hold of this if it hair lips the devil. I'm gonna lay hold, I don't care what anybody thinks. I don't care how much time it takes. I don't care. I am going to have my answer. If you'll lay hold of it like that, see, that's what faith does. Faith is tenacious, faith isn't weak and mealy mouthed and, 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 and wishy washy and ebb and flow. Bible faith is aggressive. It's tenacious. It takes hold of something like like a dog takes hold of a bone. An old bulldog takes hold of that bone, and you can't get it out of his mouth. The devil will try to shake it out of you, and you just say, no, sir, I've I've got this. This belongs to me. Oh, glory to God. And I'm going to tell you this. The principles of faith work the same in every arena of life. If you've been very effective receiving your healing, but you struggle a little bit with finances, it works exactly the same. If you'll take the same tenacity and the same determination and the same conviction you have in receiving your healing and apply it to your money, you can be, you can be prosperous beyond your wildest imaginations. On the other hand, if, you, if you've got a hold of this financially and you, you've seen God work in your life time and time again and it almost seems like you've just it's easy for you to believe for money, but you struggle in your body. Just know this, it's the same. It's the same in every arena. And if God if, if you can lay hold of, of, of prosperity by faith, you can lay hold of your healing. Oh glory to God there really isn't anything impossible to him who believes. There's nothing impossible. That's really true. That's not just a saying because Jesus said it. But it's actually true. All things are possible to him who believes. Here's the challenge. Are you going to be a believer are you going to be a doubter? You can't get Abraham's blessings with the Thomas kind of faith. It's just, that's just not the way it works. If you, want, if you want to be blessed with believing Abraham, then believe like Abraham did. If you want to do without and be rebuked by the Lord like Thomas was, well, just align yourself with his, his plan. No, you want to be blessed, don't you? Well, praise God. Hallelujah you can have it all. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for stirring our faith up. Glory, 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 glory. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for revelation, understanding today. Enlightenment in our hearts, Father. We believe today that that we're able to go out of here today with the right information, but it has to be acted on. Glory to God. I pray, Father, that, that folks will act on what they hear today and come back and give the report of what God has done. We thank you for that, Father, in Jesus' name. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching.